Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. Today, it's all about the greatest finishing moves of the golden era of professional wrestling. The finishing move, that one move that rendered your opponent helpless and guaranteed your wrestler the victory. Wrestlers would spend all match setting up their finisher, and when they hit it, it was over. See, back in the golden era, they protected the finisher, and it was rare that a wrestler could kick out. When you saw the finisher, you knew it signaled the finish of the match. And during the golden era, we had some doozies. We had power moves, submission holds, high flying finishers. And today's episode is all about your favorites. Which one stuck in your mind? Which one do you think would work today? Maybe which one do you think was hogwash and had no place ending a match? All that and more on this episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and I am so happy to welcome back and be sitting across from my tag team partner, the con father himself, Mr. Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning, brother. How are you doing today? Jumping Jay, good morning. How are you? I uh, missed you guys last week. I, I listened to the show. absolutely loved it. I'm listening back to what that is. Uh, things are crazy busy here in New Jersey, man, as always. So uh, I, that was on last week. Uh, so I got two, two new big projects. I'm currently working on, Jumpin' Jay. Uh, one is called Masters of Your Memories, which is going to be taking place on Saturday, December 30th, at the Rockaway Town Square Mall in Rockaway, New Jersey. This is the same location that we just had 90s wrestling con at. So we're going back there on uh, December the 30th. And Jumpin' Jay, we're going to have not just wrestlers, we're going to have sports and celebrities as well. So, so far confirmed for this is Rob Van Dam, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, two jumping day of the Power Rangers. I know that you're probably going to be on your next flight up here with the kids to meet the Power Rangers on December 30th. Also, Sean Avery from the uh, New York Rangers is going to be there. Now, anyone that likes The Sopranos, remember, uh, um, Sopranos is my all-time favorite show, so Tony Soprano's daughter, Meadow, her boyfriend that was on the last season that was prominently featured, Finn, he's going to be there as well. And uh, also, check this one out, Jumpin' Jay. The man that knocked out Iron Mike Tyson and took his title, James Buster Douglas, will make a super rare appearance, all this and more being at it, for Master of Your Memories on Saturday, December 30th, Rockaway Town Square Mall, Rockaway, New Jersey. More information, you can head over to masters, mastersofyourmemories.com. And Jumpin' Jay, uh, this is all surprised you because – Usually you do my websites, and I don't want to. I don't want to overwhelm you with all my crazy projects that are going on because I know we need to get that '80s con website updated soon. So I got I got my right hand man uh, that helps me out at ISW, Big Dan, helping me out. So um, another another project that we have is we're doing is called Misfit Market, which is going to be a collaboration of all different things under the sun in one shopping experience from sneakers to toys to sports collectibles to antiques to Funko Pops, you name it, it'll be there, including celebrity guests and live ISPW wrestling matches. The first one we have booked right now is going to be on Saturday, April the 20th at the Meadowlands Racetrack in Meadowlands, New Jersey. Now, Meadowlands Arena back in the day, the, the Brendan Byrne Arena, Continental Airlines Arena, was famous for WWF, WWE, many big pay-per-views at that market. So this is the first time professional wrestling is returning to the Meadowlands in quite some time. So I'm super pumped about that. For more information on that, you can head over to MisfitMarketNJ.com. And uh, in the next week or two, I'll, I'll post all the uh, different socials up on our social media, so you can check that out. But Jumpin' Jay, I'm winded from all this talking. How are you, friends? Dude, I am doing so good. I'm sitting here scratching my head going, when does this guy sleep? When does this guy eat? When does this guy do anything other than promote, my friend? You met me several times, and you know that I definitely eat. 
Well, you, you hang around with the Sombroli sisters, and so I know there's always food, you know, at arm's length away. But, my man, you are a promotion machine. Let me tell you something about the Stromboli sisters. Man, they can cook up some of the best food that you'll ever taste. Next time you're up there, Jay, for 80s Wrestling Con, I'm going to make Stromboli sister Jen uh, prepare you her famous pepper steak because I think that you would really enjoy her pepper steak. Listen, man, I, I, I've never had their cooking, but I knew it was good because I'm from Minnesota. I come to New Jersey for 80s Wrestling Con, and I'm talking to her. I won't say the name of the place, but there's a very iconic bakery in your area. It may be known worldwide because of a famous TV show. I asked her about it, and she was like, it's trash. If you want good dessert, I'll make you something. That place is trash. And so I'm like, if you're knocking a world-famous dessert place, then I know you got to have some skills to back it up. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot on, uh, a lot on the plate here, as always. And also, we're we're rebranding the Wrestling Collector on Black Friday. It's going to be the Rock and Wrestling Collector. So not only will there be pro wrestling merchandise in the store, but uh, we're going to be adding some uh, music memorabilia as well, from you know vinyl records to cassette tapes to concert T-shirts to band T-shirts to old school. Uh, concert posters, but we're, we're going to be doing that on Black Friday. So Black Friday, mm-hmm. we'll be rebranded the Rock and Wrestling Collector. Now, Jumpy Jay, I feel like this is an infomercial for all my stuff, and I don't want it to be. So uh, let's, 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 let's dive right into the topic, and then we have a bunch of callers on hold. Now, I'll tell you what, what's the first thing, before we get to that first call, when you hear greatest professional wrestling industry holds, now, now, listen, obviously – there's going to be guys outside of the 80s that have to 100% be listed. Uh, the Stone Cold Stunner, the Rock Bottom, I mean, there's tons. But if we're going just by the 80s, since this is 80s wrestling podcast, and, and, and callers out there, feel free to mention any finishing move, even today's, whatever it is. But Jump and Jay, if I put a gun to your head and I say, what's the first finishing hold you think of uh, when you think about 1980s wrestling, what are you saying? Listen, man, that's a great question. And a gun to my head, I got to just say one. But you mean iconic? You could look at Superfly Jimmy Snuka. You could look at uh, Macho Man Randy Savage with the elbow. I think what might be known as one of the greatest finishers ever because of the dramaticness. The ironic thing is, I don't know how many matches this actually finished. The figure four by Ric Flair has got to be one of the most iconic finishers ever. I love it. I used to put it on my brothers. They used to put it on me. And so that is an iconic finisher that, man, you say figure four leg lock. People know exactly what you're talking about. So a gun to my head right now this second, I'll put figure four as one of the greatest of all time, especially during that era. I'll flip the question before we go to the call line because the call line is stacked and packed, Tommy. What would be your most iconic finisher in your mind right now? I'm the same boat as you are, Jumba Jay. A, a, A thousand things pop up into my head. Macho Man's flying elbow off the top rope. Hulk Hogan's leg drop. Uh, there's a ton. But if it was a gun to my head, and what the first finisher I think of when I think in 1980s wrestling is Jake the Snake Roberts' DDT. The DDT. That's devastating. Such a great move, and the best thing about that move, in my opinion, is some... See, back in the day, they had setups to their moves, and so when you saw Jake hit that short arm clothesline and then twirl that finger in the air. And then, oh man, you knew it was on. And that DDT is devastating. When you think of what it did uh, to Ricky, the dragon steamboat on the outside, devastating finisher. And so I can't argue with that. That is up there as one of the all time greats for sure. Tommy. Yes, sir. And I, I'm sure that uh, there's a ton we're going to talk about. So I think that we should, uh, Bring it over to the 80s Wrestling Con 5 Slam Line. See what I did there? Another shameless plug real quick. you got a lot of stuff to plug. I don't know if it's shameless at this point. I think we just need to lift, lift stuff off at the top of the show and then twiddle the, the podcast down to a five-minute segment, man, because you are always up to something. You blow me <laughs> away. Uh, today, all right, we're jumping in. Greatest finishing moves, and up first is the guy that you gave that hot take to last week. He came in and saved the show for me, Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome back. We're talking finishing moves. 
Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Uh, I wanted to uh, just throw out my uh, my favorite three would be the DDT by Jake Roberts, the Flying Elbow Smash by uh, Randy Savage, and Paul Orndorff's Pile Driver. And so I was going to ask each of you guys if you had to choose one of those three. You know, maybe not your favorite at all finishers, but if you're going to pick one of those three, which would each of you pick out of those? Man, that's a that's a really 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 tough question because the three moves you just listed, I mean, Jake Roberts, DDT, Macho Man, Randy Savage's elbow, and, and the third one again was oh, uh, Paul Orndorff's driver. Man, that's, that's listen, that's tough. It, it, it's, it's, you can look at it a couple of different ways. Most, dev, I mean, Savage jumping through the air as just, and dropping an elbow on someone's throat is just as devastating as Jake Roberts' DDTing someone, and it's just as devastating as Paul Orndorff jumping in the air and pile driving someone. But if you, so it's, it's all three can win. But if I had to pick one, I, it's tough. But I, I guess I'd have to, as a promoter, I would go with whoever drew the most money. So uh, with that being said, I mean all did, but I would I would give it to Savage. Nice. How about you, Jay? Yep, I'm, I'm, I got to piggyback. I went savage right away. I think it's just the most visually stunning. Um, you know, it's not necessarily maybe the most impactful. I think the DDT and the pile driver are two probably more impactful that you could look at and go, yeah, if you really truly did that to a guy, no way is he getting up. The elbow drop, it's so beautiful looking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of it. But if I, if you could kick out of any of them, I think that's the one that maybe you could kick out of, but if I got to pick which one I like the best, it's I got to go with Savage. Cool. Yeah, I have a hard time picking between the three. They kind of flip flop for me. Savages is uh, the, probably the the one I want. You know, that I would love to see most in person. You know, if I picked out of all three of them, that's the most impressive to see. And uh, the thing that always bugged me about it is, you know, when Hogan kicked out at WrestleMania five from the elbow drop. You know, that's. That it didn't bug me, but the WrestleMania two, one of the first times I saw Savage in a huge match was WrestleMania two against George Steele, and for George Steele to kick out of it right then, that's mm-hmm. always bugged me a little bit. So, but yeah, all three of those are, are those are probably my top three of all time. I appreciate you guys for letting me on here and talking with you as always. I'll let you get to some other calls and just uh, wish you a great rest of the show and a great rest of your week, my friends. Hey, you too, man. And 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 David Bryant, I'm going to I'm going to jump on your podcast soon. Shoot me a message and we'll set it up, all right? Sounds awesome. Love to. Thanks so much. All right, Brian. Before I before I let you go, I'm keeping a tally on my piece of paper here. I classify finishers in three categories. I think there's power finishers, submission holds, and high-flying finishers. Of those three, which one do you prefer? The oh. battering ram from the Bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah, I will, I'll say that the one that uh, I was probably least impressed with was shake, rattle, and roll. And then, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll edge with, uh, I'll go give the edge to Macho Man as well. So go with that high flying elbow smash for Macho Man. All right, that's one tally in the high flying category. Brian, thank you so much for kicking off the conversation as usual. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good one, brother. All right, before I jump into the next call, Tommy, power, submission, or high-flying, which one do you prefer to see? Ah, man, I, <laughs> these are all loaded and tough questions. I, I like all three. <laughs> I guess it depends on the situation and who it is in the ring because if it's Hulk Hogan, you're not going to see anything flying from him. You're going to see more, you know, power from him. Um, well, let me, let, me, let, me, uh, let me put it this way, Tommy. If life would have been just a little bit different, and instead of promoting wrestling, you were on Monday Night Raw each and every week, stepping through those ropes as a performer, what kind of finishing move would a Tommy Farrell had? Would you have been a power move, a submission holder, a high flyer? A uh, a schoolboy, so I didn't have to take a bumper. I didn't have to put any energy or effort in anything. <laughs> Tommy Farrell with the schoolboy roll-up to win WrestleMania. Love it, man. All right, I'm coming back to you. In a little bit. I'm going to give you some time to think of it. Uh, up next is Matt from Boston. Matt, good morning, sir. Welcome to the conversation. 
Jay, Comfather, how are we doing this morning? Thanks for having me on. Hey, what's up, brother? How are you, man? Doing well, doing well. So, so first off, all this talk of uh, uh, food, the pepper steaks, I couldn't help but think, boy, pepper steak with a side of Mami Fierro's pasta salad? Ooh. What a meal. What a meal. <laughs> right? So you got you guys got me you guys got me hungry early in the morning here. Um, so so interesting interesting conversation so far. The one point on the on the savage you know the flying elbow. I mean you can't go wrong with that one. But I think it's emblematic of a time when you know finishers obviously you know meant something and were protected. But I think on the other side of that coin. Um, when you saw them a little differently, and, and what I mean by that is the Savage Elbow was, that was it. It was over when he hit it until WrestleMania 8, right? I think it was WrestleMania 8 against the Warrior where he hit five and Warrior got up. Yeah, that was And it was ridiculous. like mind-blowing, mind-blowing that, you know, uh, you know now I can, I can look at it through a different lens, right, as an adult and say, I don't know if that was the best move there, um, but – Hitting five elbows, you know, watching live was like, okay, that's it. Warrior's done. There, you know, and, and to break that and to get up was, um, you never really saw that. And that, you know, you could, you could sort of trace the roots back to, to finishers not necessarily meaning what they do, what they used to anymore. Um, I mean, five elbows from Savage should be, should be good night, Irene, um, at that point. So, anyway, I wanted, I wanted to touch base because I thought that was really interesting because I had thought of – Obviously, Savage, you know, when I saw the topic, but um, that WrestleMania 8 moment sticks out for sure. Yeah, Matt, and before you go on, you got my blood boiling a little bit because Savage drops five elbows on Warrior, and I like Warrior, but then to win the match, Warrior pinned Savage by putting a foot on top of him. So, like, they just buried the heck out of Savage at the end of that match, which bothered me then. It bothers me now, obviously, because I'm getting heated this morning about it. You know, the only saving grace is we get that reuniting Miss Elizabeth Macho Man moment. But yeah, at the end of that match, five elbows, and then Warrior can just stand on top of him and win. I didn't like that. So thanks for waking me up this morning, Matt. My blood is bubbling. <laughs> I think that's Jim Helwig in a nutshell, though, honestly, Jay. But, uh, <laughs> it probably uh, is. So, so I'll tell you, you know, when it comes to finishing maneuvers in the 80s and the golden era, I was always really partial to the tag team finishing maneuvers. I, I thought that the tag teams that had a, a combination finishing move, you know, the first one that might come, come to mind is Heart Foundation's Heart Attack. Really neat mm-hmm. finishing move. I think my favorite tag team finishing move was probably the Demolition Decapitation. And, nice. you know, it doesn't look like the most devastating maneuver of all, all of them, but there's something about their whole presentation the way they carried themselves, the gear they wear to the ring, they go to their match, and then they finish you off with the, the decapitation. So I think that was my favorite. But I've got an underrated one that I, that I think may, you know, open some eyes. That's the power and glory powerplex. Ooh. And if, if you recall, that's the Hercules with the superplex. At the same time, Roma's flying off the other corner uh, for the splash in the middle of the ring. And... I think the timing, the, the, you know, the, so, so you, you, you talk about the three categories, Jay, right? The power, the submission, the high flying. Well, that, that kind of gets two of those, two of those three buckets, right? You've got power from the superplex and Hercules. You got the high flying of, of Roma with the splash. I just always thought that that was a really, a really cool finishing maneuver and, and, and underrated. I think the tag team was underrated, you know, at the time too, but I, I really liked the powerplex. I can't argue because I am a huge fan of take team finishers from back in the day. And you're right. Demolitions is probably my favorite. Ah, Legion of Doom. Road Warriors is probably my favorite, then Demolition. But Power and Glory, man, they kind of get overlooked in that conversation. And their finishing move was, it summed up their name, Power and Glory. Like you said, the powerful suplex by Hercules and then the high-flying glory from Roma. And so I can't, I can't be mad at that choice. Tommy, what did you think about Power and Glory's finisher? I, I loved it, man. I thought, uh, good point. I thought he was that was a very underrated tag team, uh, especially with Slick with them. I thought that they they did a really great job. It was it was pretty much a situation where, you know, they throw two guys together. It was kind of like what they did with the New Age Outlaws, and 
they went on the obviously gigantic superstar status. Uh, it was a similar situation where uh, they weren't really doing anything much at that time. They, they threw them both together, and it worked out really, really well, uh, in my opinion. Now, real quick, because I, 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 I wasn't on the podcast last week, uh, I didn't get to mention uh, Jumpin' Jay, and, and, and I got a special, special, special uh, Christmas present for you. Now, I know that uh, the holidays, things get really hectic with mail and people losing stuff in the mail, so I'm going to hold on to this gift until May the 4th at the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey, and, and, and present it to you in person. I'm going to tell you what it is now because I want everyone to anticipate this from now until May the 4th. Now, anyone that's a longtime listener of this podcast knows just how special and just how important the Bolsheviks are to jump in Jay. Now, obviously, I can't book Nikolai. <laughs> I can't book Nikolai, but what I did do is I reached out and found Boris Zukov, and Boris Zukov is booked to appear at 80s Wrestling Con 5 on Saturday, May the 4th, Jumpin' Jay, your dream is about to come oh true. Oh, my word. Boris Zukov, if I heard it right, Boris Zukov headlining 80s Wrestling Con 5 in New Jersey. And you said <laughs> Bret Hart's line was long. Listen. You just listen, wait. Listen, 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 listen. He's only headlining 80s Wrestling Con when you book us the, to come to Minnesota at your place and do an event. In the C-Town. Yeah, his line would be huge here, brother. Dude, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. You are, I know that you say it tongue-in-cheek, but I truly am, am excited for that. Yeah, I, I am also because he is a rare name that, especially in the New Jersey area, is, is, is never around here. So I'm, I'm very excited to have Boris uh, at 80s Wrestling Con. Already confirmed as well, just while I'm at it, is uh, the Rock and Roll Express. They are making their 80s Wrestling Con debut. Uh, also scheduled to appear is a Four Horsemen reunion, and already definitely signed to appear is Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, J.J. Dillon, and Baby Doll. Um, obviously uh, working right now on, on trying to, to add another member or two. Uh, hopefully we have more information on that in the next several weeks. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, the, the ball is rolling here in New Jersey. Jumping in. A lot of events coming up. A lot of events coming up. I love it. I'm going to be honest. When Matt's still on the line, when he brought up Power and Glory and you went into a Christmas present, I was fully expecting a Glory half you know, cut tummy t-shirt that you had waiting for me uh, to wear around the con, but uh, Zukov, yeah. much better present. Yeah. Well, Matt, awesome. Matt, before we let you go, we need, I know you, you pick some moves. You're a smart man. You pick some moves that fill multiple of my buckets, but I'm not that smart at tally making. And so I can't put a tally in between two. So I need to know, Matt, your preference, power move, submission hold or high flyer finisher. Yeah. So, uh, it's definitely not submission. I, 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 you know, I never liked the submission move as a finisher. That's just a personal preference. I'm going power. I'm going right. power, and here's why. Because the only other one I wanted to mention today on today's topic was the Bundy splash and subsequent Ooh. five count from a, from circa 86. I think that's another underrated one, personally. Um, but as a as a kid, watching that, that just mass of humanity – fly into the into the corner against somebody holy goodness gracious um so i'm going power you can put a you can put a tally in the in the power bucket for me um and i'll give that example of the the bundy splash i love it man one tally i'm wrong on the bundy avalanche the bundy avalanche is what i should have said there you go, man. And, and I got to tell you something. I think, I don't know, I think five might be your lucky number, man. You talked about five elbow drops, the five count with Bundy. I see some fives in your future, my friend. All right, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Go do it. Fives across the board. Hey, real, real quick, Matt, before you leave, he said he sees a lot of fives in your, uh, in your future. I want to know if there's going to be a five on May the 5th when you stay over May 4th. At AD's Wrestling Con. You're living in Massachusetts, brother. You gotta you gotta come down to hang with us. Babyface Brian comes all the way from California. Uh Danny from Butler the callers on the show, Toto Tom. Every single caller, I believe, has been to AD's Wrestling Con. You gotta come on May fourth, brother. Clear the calendar. 
Yeah, so definitely been thinking about it. Um, waiting, waiting on an answer from a, a buddy of mine who lives near there as well. Um, but definitely gonna, definitely gonna try to make that happen for sure. I, I got to get there. Awesome, man. We'd love, we'd love to hang out with you and meet you also. So and then you get to, you get to check out an ISW show as well because we do that uh, immediately following Eighties Wrestling Con. So it'd be a fun day, man. No doubt about it. I'm gonna do everything I can to be there. Sounds good, awesome. man. Thank you so much for your contributions today. Have an awesome week, and we hope to hear from you next Thursday. You too. Thanks, boys. Be good. All right. There you go. So far, one for high fly and one for power. And we already know the headliner for uh, 80s Wrestling Con. So it's been a very impactful morning so far. We're going to keep the conversation rolling. And up next, somebody who would have a long trip to come to 80s Wrestling Con because he lives way out. In the beautiful Long Beach, California, it's HVAC Matt. Matt, good morning, sir. We're talking finishing moves. Oh, well, see, I know we're talking finishing moves. Two weeks I've been waiting and preparing to chime in with my top ten views. Yes. And you throw me a twist this morning. You throw me a twist. Yeah, you put me on the spot. Yeah, I don't like this. We it's did. All right. it, it, Tommy and I even <laughs> talked about should we should we do the top ten list? We have them ready. Should we go? And we decided, you know what? Let's switch it up and and revisit a topic that we talked about years ago. Uh, so keep your top ten list ready, HVAC, because we are coming back to that topic. But uh, I'd love to know your take on finishing moves. No, it's all good. It's good to uh, talk to you guys again. Um, Finishing moves. I'm going to flip it up a little bit. and uh, Sometimes simple is better, at least for me. Uh, I loved Arn Anderson's Spine Buster. Mm. I thought the Spine Buster was a a simple but really effective finisher. I mean, especially when he landed it, you know, like he could land it, like, nice and clean. I loved that finisher. Yeah, that's a solid finisher, and not one I'd want to be on the receiving end of, that's for sure. Yeah, I think there's certain finishers where it's like, okay, the theatrics of it are cool, but then there are some that legitimately had to hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. that can't feel good. It, it just can't. Um, the uh, Bobby Eaton, the uh, Alabama Jamma, uh, that one, dude, that's hardcore. You know, can we just address the fact that these finishing moves all had such cool names back in the day? Oh, man. And, and that had to hurt him. I mean, Hulk, you know, Hogan, you know, has had I have countless back surgeries for his yes. leg drop, but I can't imagine Bobby Eaton doing it like he did it for so many years and the schedule he was on. I mean, that had to have been, you know, just brutal on the guy. Yeah, some of those finishing moves, they look painful to take. They had to be just as damaging to give, and that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, let's see here. What? Uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. I mean, that, I've actually heard, you know, Arn Anderson talk about that, you know, having to be on the, the end of that move. And, sure. You know, that's... Dude, I mean, that's, I mean, man, I mean, that had to hurt, too. And, you know, as a kid, it's kind of cheesy, but I used to like Earthquake's finisher, too. Earthquake's finisher just was, I don't know, it was, it was kind of funny, but it was just so brutal, you mm-hmm. know, to just think about being on the receiving end of that. Oh, God, that's not, yeah, it can't be, couldn't have been fun. Couldn't have been fun. No, you're absolutely right. It fit his character so well, and as a kid, yeah, you bought into that. The, the jumping before, the aftershock afterwards, you were all in on that. That was a solid finishing move for that character. Sure. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's like a broken record, but, you know, I remember, you know, Jake the Snake, when he came out, he was so different and so edgy. You know, he was so unlike, you know, he kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like when Jake, Jake came out, it kind of was, and it was, I don't want to say the end of, like, the quote-unquote, like, rock and roll, uh, rock and wrestling cartoony, because Jake the Snake was nothing but cartoony. And when he came out, you know, period, it was the DDT was just, uh, there was nothing like the DDT back in the 80s. 
especially the, the you know when he first debuted. I mean, it was just so shocking. That's the word, shocking. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, HVAC, I got to ask you the same question I've been asking everybody. If you had to choose your preference, would you choose a power move, a submission hold, or a high flying finisher? Hmm. Uh, I guess I, I guess I have to go with with a power move. You know, the power moves are just, I don't know, it's just kind of like lights out. It's it's like a big hit in the NFL. I mean, a big sack, you know, from Lawrence Taylor back in the day, just done. You know, there's nothing yep. like watching something like that. It's an exclamation just point boom. at the end of the match. I agree. All right, HVAC, man, we appreciate you calling in today. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, I hope you get the chance to call in next week, and maybe it'll be our top ten list, so don't crumple it up. Don't throw it away. I know. I got a really, really good – it's really good, so I'm, I'm excited for that when it when it does come. But regardless, I always love calling in and, and can't wait for for whatever comes next. Sounds good, brother. Thank, you, Thank brother. you so much. Enjoy your week. Yes, sir. Bye, guys. All right, Tommy. To recap, as it stands right now, power moves two, high flying one, and nobody's showing love to submissions. I mean, I think the sharpshooter is one of the greatest finishing holds of all time. You know, and and done right, a submission hold can add a little bit of suspense to the end of a match. But, uh, yeah, it's not the exclamation point like a powerbomb is, that's for sure. Yeah, I I agree. Especially, I mean, especially if if people are thinking about the 80s, you know. So, like, the figure four would be a huge submission move, like you just said. Uh, Here's one move that no one has, has, that's a couple that I had on my list to talk about that we haven't had an opportunity yet. So uh, how about the perfect plex? Mr. Perfect's perfect plex. I used to love that finisher. Rick Rude's Rude Awakening. Imagine in 2023 that being a finish. Nowadays, you have to go through a zillion tables on fire and 55 flips and mm-hmm. hit someone with a gun to, to, to win. Like back then, Hercules would lift someone on their shoulders and give them a, a, a backbreaker. And then, that, you know, I mean, the uh, – kind of like a torture rack, and that would be the end. Like, back then, all these moves so much because uh, they positioned it to mean so much. Nowadays, there's so many false finishes and kickouts, and it's, it's just it's a, the structure of a match is a lot different now than it was back then. That doesn't mean that, you know, today's, you know, today's product or today's style of wrestling is not as good as it was back then. It's just, it's just a lot different. Guys, this day and age are a hell of a lot more athletic than they were back then. And also, you know, the, today's generation of guys, you know, back then, you know, you were going from town to town every single night, 300 nights a year, going from town to town, and they were going out to the bars and partying. And, like, nowadays the schedule is a, is a, is a lot less. And, and, and these guys, they stay in their rooms now and, and play with their video games. They don't go out drinking at the bars. So, I mean, this is just a structure of the layout of wrestling is completely different now than it was then. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, another one that's on my list was the call. Imagine a call hold being the finish in 2023. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> but back then, Baron Von Reske, you know, Blackjack Mulligan, the, the majority of the Von Erichs, they used mm-hmm. the call as a finisher. You would never see that as a finisher now. How about the sleeper hold? Brutus the yeah. kick would put his opponent to sleep, and then he would cut their hair. I mean, it's like that stuff, you wouldn't see that stuff today. So I, I just think that it just, it's structured different. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it's better now than it was then or vice versa. It's just different. Uh, you know, some like tomatoes, some like tomatoes, right? That, yeah, and, and you raise a good point. It's just a different era, a different time. Um, but I will tell you what, I'm sure there is no shortage of people on any roster that wouldn't be happy with a with a sleeper hold being the end of their match now. How easy that is on your body compared to some of the giant bumps they take. And like you said, it's night in and night out, and it's spectacular. And yeah, it, it definitely and takes what, a toll what, on their body. And what? And one more thing, I'll, I'll make real quick before we point until go the next caller. So you look at Roman Reigns, right? You don't see Roman Reigns doing anything crazy, 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 do you? No, and I 100% tell me, agree tell with you me on why, this whole tell me, tell me why. Give me a one. Give me a, a really short answer 
why you don't see Roman Reigns uh, doing all these crazy different spots. Tell me why. Real the shortest answer you could. Well, there's a couple philosophies on it. One is you always have to up yourself. And so if you do a double moonsault, people expect that from you. You've got to do that day in and day out, and you can't. So at some point, you're not able to deliver to the fans what they want you to deliver to them. And two, pro wrestling at its core is storytelling. Yes, people, you get the oohs and the ahs on the high spots, but it's storytelling. So Roman Reigns can tell the story he's telling now. He can tell it 20 years from now. His product's not going to diminish, where when you rely on the athletic maneuvers and the high-impact spots, whether you want it or not, you age and your body is not able to deliver that same performance. And so at some point, you're just letting down your core base of fans. Okay, that's a good answer. My, my, my simple, quick answer, so if I said, why doesn't Roman Reigns do all this crazy stuff that say, you know, Kenny Omega does? And I think I know your answer. Is, I think I know your answer. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. That's, that's the answer because he can come out, on, uh, come out for his entrance and just lift his head up. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to do a drop kick. He doesn't have to fucking do a body slam. He doesn't have to put someone through a table. He doesn't have to fucking set someone on fire. All he has to do is lift his head up. 20,000 people are going to fucking go apeshit. That's when you got them. That is when you got them. Yes, that is when you got them. You're absolutely right. And right now, we've got to visit the firehouse because it's time for Firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome to the greatest finisher conversation. How are you doing? Good morning, guys. How's everything? We're doing very What's well, up, man? How, How are, are you? you doing? Yeah, doing a lot better now that I'm on here with you guys. And uh, hey, Tommy, how did your uh, your food drive or whatever it was go last week? Oh, it was great, man. It was it was it was really rewarding for us to. Uh, I, this is the first time I ever did something like this. Now, I'm familiar with Eva's Village because my church. Uh, is it, in the same town as, as Nevis Village. So uh, I was familiar with it, and I know the great work that they do. This is the first time I ever had the opportunity to volunteer, uh, myself and, and, and some of my wrestlers. And Stromboli's sister Jen was there, and we had a – I would tell you, it was a really, really rewarding. Everyone was super friendly, super nice. With or without a show, I would love to do it again, uh, maybe around the holidays or something like that, because it felt very rewarding uh, for a shorter, a shorter period of time to – do something that people appreciate so much. It was it was really nice. Thank you for asking, Good. by the way. Of course, of course. No, that's uh, yeah. With uh, with me and the fire department, yeah, I know the feeling. And uh, hey, listen, you know, you say it all the time. You know what what the, the people don't realize what the Strombolis do for you and for ISPW and everything else. You know, they're just. Uh, they're superstars, no question. And uh, and yes, I'd still be saying that if I wasn't their favorite caller. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, good to see uh, good to see good things going your way. And uh, hey, you know, I'm glad you're busy. So that way, you'll be uh, too busy uh, next week when I'm hosting after the Jets beat the Giants. <laughs> you had to know that was coming. Oh shit, that's right. Oh, yeah. no. Okay, guys, listen. Everyone that, that didn't listen to the episode a couple weeks ago, I am now in a predicament where I could possibly lose my co-host spot <laughs> once again next Thursday. Now, now Brian, if yes. this does happen next Thursday, you, my friend, get to pick the topic for next week's show. So do you, off the top of your head, do you, do you have something in mind yet that you want to do? I have a, a, a bunch of uh of topics i uh you know that i it's not you know me to host but you know for you guys to talk about on you know one of your shows um you know i won't let, let's you know, listen i'm very proud of what my team has accomplished so far but listen i'm not gonna count my chickens um let's let's see my team win first and, and then i'll start worrying about the topic but let me ask hey. you Listen, we're coming off we're coming off we're coming off a huge win last week, by the way, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you are. You know, that's the thing. Is you guys got momentum going. Um, you know, we're coming off a bye week. Jets aren't always good coming off a bye week. Um, I think that are you ready for this? 
the the nosebleed seats. You know how much the nosebleeds are going for? Probably three hundred. Three hundred a pop. That, that's the mm, last yeah. time I checked. That is a yeah, giant. Right. I, I, I checked. I checked oh. myself last week just out of curiosity. I, I knew it would be high because, I mean, they they sure anyone that it's not. I mean, I'm sure everyone that watches football is familiar, but people that don't, Jets and Giants, they share the same stadium. So, yeah, this is like the Super Bowl for New York, New Jersey fans. So, yeah, I, I knew that the prices would be sky high. And, again, if the Jets win this Sunday, Firefighter Brian will kick me out of the, 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 the co-host seat for a week. And if the Giants win, uh, I have a special uh, – we have a special surprise for you next week, buddy. Okay, I'll, I'll, that was my next question. <laughs> That was my next question. You know when yeah, you're, uh, not gonna, you're not going to get away. You're not going to get away with singing the Soviet national anthem. I'll come up with something special for you to do on the show next week for sure. Oh, listen! If I lose, roast the shit out of me. I'll be the first to listen. Unlike other, <laughs> unlike other people, I can take it. So uh, right. you know. So uh, hey, listen. Don't don't dish it if you can't take it. So that's right. Uh, that's right. Ab- absolutely. So. Uh, you know, so yes, I'm listen. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I'm, uh, I'm sure you are, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, you know, what you guys brought up a uh, a good point. You know, with the finishes. You know, Harley Race's finisher was a suplex, mm-hmm. not a slingshot suplex, not a superplex, a suplex as basic a suplex as you can get. Okay, and you know, you look at why, you know, Mick Foley had two good points about finishers. Number one, it's not the moves. It's the guys that do them. Hulk Hogan had the place going ballistic off a leg drop. Okay. His finisher was a leg drop. The rock dropped an elbow. Okay. Mick Foley even said, I get a bigger pop pulling a sock out of my pants than any forearm I ever did <laughs> off the apron onto the floor. Okay. So it's, it, it's a very good point. And another good point he had is the best finishers. And I agree with them a hundred percent. The best finishers are the finishers that a wrestler can do to any wrestler at any time. And my favorite my, in my opinion, the greatest finisher of all time, that WWE has said for over 20 years, they always kiss the stunner's ass, okay? Um, the stunner, good move. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you, you know, uh, it it ranks high because of the reaction it always got. Stone Cold would give guys, the, uh, anybody, the stunner, and the crowd would cheer. The stunner would make absolutely no sense. What, what, why are you giving this guy the stunner? What, what, what? That didn't matter. It was the reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but my num- my number one, and uh, this hasn't been brought up yet, but maybe it's because it's more of a ninety. No, it's definitely a nineties finisher, and that's Sweet Chin Music. Ooh. It can be done. It can be done to anybody at any time. And my number two, and now this is a two thousands finisher, but it has to be talked about because I always. This is the kind of finish that I think could have been effective any any decade, any time, and that is the RKO. Mm. There, are, that thing comes out of hundred percent. That, that just when you think you've seen it all from that move, he, he he pulls it in a match, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, how the hell did I not see that coming?" He has the psychology of that move. Down, hat. You absolutely never know when he's going to do that, especially the run-ins. When he does a run-in, one second, something's going on. Next second, Randy Orton's in the ring. Boom, the guy goes down. So he never ceases to amaze me with how he just, you know, pulls that out of his ass like that. It's, uh, It's crazy. And uh, I want to hey, throw a hey, – Brian, real quick, I don't want – so you, before you get to your next train of thought. So, yeah, I sure. agree with everything you just said with, with Orton. You could pretty much say the same thing, though, for, for DDP, because at the time when WCW was super red hot, 
Uh, that diamond cutter yep. was right at the top of the list of the most overmoved at the time. I, that's a very good point, Tommy. Yes, the, the the diamond cutter, absolutely. You never knew when that was coming. Very good point. Um, and, you know, the uh, the RKO is a, let's be honest, it's a, uh, it's a variation of the Ace Crusher, you know, started by uh, Johnny Ace, a.k.a. Johnny Laurinaitis. Um, you know, so, yeah, there was a lot of variations. Those two were the biggest. Well, I mean, the biggest is the, the stunner, of course. But, yeah, DDP's Diamond Cutter, very good point. And, um, you know, uh, what I want to throw in there, you know, it's not going to make any lists because it just wasn't well-known enough. But one man gang's front face suplex. That was a devastating move. And it was. I remember, it was. Right? I remember watching it on a Saturday morning, and they showed the replay, and, and Bobby Heenan says, I'd like to see him do that on cement. <laughs> hey, and I just um, want to say, you know, we talk about moves that could happen anywhere. Another one is a spear. Um, the thing is, I think the spear has been used way too much. It seems like everybody has a spear nowadays that it doesn't make it look unique, doesn't make it look, you know, nobody can really own it. You know, it's uh, a spear should be a finisher, and yet most people use it as a setup. And, you know, you guys bring up the whole psychology of the finisher. The finisher was the end-all, be-all. Nowadays, you got big moves that mean nothing. And uh, that's a, a huge problem. You know, like when you guys had Sergeant Slaughter on, I asked him, what's the biggest thing missing in today's wrestling? He said, the storytelling. And that's a huge reason. You know, Tommy, we were watching right, one of WrestleMania at your store, you know, I asked you I, uh, about, you know, was that a good time for to kick out of a finisher? And you said, in that situation, yes. And I asked Bull James, I said, what do you think, Bull? Are you in favor of kicking out of finishers? He said, when it's done right. And it's so hard to do it right. The right opportunities don't come up much. And um, so, yeah, back then, the finisher was the end-all, be-all. And to answer your question, Jay, I was, you know what? I'm more of a submission guy. I like the Ooh. submission. Finish. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna put my. I'm not gonna leave. Uh, I'm gonna show some love for the submissions, and uh, you know, just and what what you know what I like about some like submission matches. Uh, they do them too much. They do everything too much. Everything mm. has gone way extreme. But you know, like. Um, the, the build-up to Greg Valentine, Ronnie Garvin at the Rumble in 90 and 91, whichever one it was, okay? The build-up to that was, I can't see either of these guys submitting. Or like Bret Hart, Bob Backlund, I quit at WrestleMania 13. You never saw an I quit match, at least in WWF, on that scale. Granted, the match was a letdown. Bret even says that. But you had Bret Hart, Bob Backlund, two guys who would never submit. One of them is going to have to quit. So I love the storytelling with mm -hmm. that. Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you guys think? I I have a hard time disagreeing with anything you come on here and say, Firefighter Brian. I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, yeah, from the storytelling point of view, from the things are overdone, from the uh, Bob Backlund, I quit match. You know, when, when they don't submit and then you have two guys heading up and you know something's got to give and you're just waiting to see what, I think that makes for very entertaining uh, television. I think that's what pro wrestling uh, is all about. I'll let Tommy figure, but uh, answer as well. But I do want to know before we let you go, you sure. brought up the spear. A lot of people yes. do the spear. In your mind, yes. who was the best at it? Who do you think owns that move? Ooh. In Firefighter Brian's mind. Okay. I think I think the one that got the best reaction from a you know, from a selling standpoint, I guess from a promoter standpoint, you probably and as much as I hate to say because I was never a fan of it, you might have to give it to Goldberg. Um yes. the most the most devastating spear probably belongs to Bobby Lashley. 
Mm. And I think, you know, the, uh, and I'll just say best pile driver, Paul Orndorff, mm. best fist drop, Jerry Lawler. And, mm. you know, so I think it was HVAC brought up uh, Orange Spine Buster. A lot of yeah. guys have a good spine buster. Yeah. In my opinion, it's a toss up between Arn Anderson and Ron Simmons. Um, do you guys have a pile driver or a, or a spine buster that you think was better than the ones that I named? Hey, man. So, so first off, I agree with you a million percent on the Goldberg having the most famous and devastating spread all time. And when, when you first said it, I said to myself, Edge, until you said Goldberg, and you made me change my mind because you're right. I, again, that was his finishing move, and at the time – when WCW was red, red hot and beating the WWE, uh, Goldberg's spirit was right at the top of the list of what got the most hugest reaction from, at that time, sold out audiences each and every Monday. So I'm with you on the Goldberg one. Uh, when you said that, you, you made me switch my mind because I was going to say Edge originally, but you're right, it, it is Goldberg. And as far as the best pile driver goes, I got to go with Orndorff, man. I got to go with that pile driver he gave Paul Kogan. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's subjective, though, because a lot of people threw good, uh, good pile drivers, including Jerry the King Lawler. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very interesting topic today, and I, I, I enjoy listening to everyone's opinions on it. And uh, you just made me change mine, so good job. <laughs> well, I, and I'll just say it again. I, I couldn't stand the guy then. And after hearing all the stories about him, I can't stand him even more now. Um, I always thought he was overrated, uh, as a wrestler at least. But holy cow, did he draw money in WCW. But, you know, his spear was so devastating and over that you forget Mm -hmm. that wasn't his finisher. Jackhammer was. It was a setup move. And, you know, it was uh, very influential in the setups. Now everybody finisher as a setup, which to me is just too much. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, the best move, the finishers, can be done at anybody at any time. Like, you know, the bonsai drop, Yokozuna, you know, the Vader, the Vader bomb. Those were awesome. But they can't be the, – the, the, the tombstone. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the one, Cena's AA, he finds a way to do that to anybody because he's doing it any time now. So, you know – Psychology is uh, is a lost art that hopefully finds its way back. But um, you know, not holding my breath. But you know, never say never. But um, you know, with, with that, yeah. Listen, man. Good talking to you guys uh, as always. And um, Jay, I will talk to you next Thursday. <laughs> I'll look forward to it, my friend. <laughs> good, good, right. luck, good luck to you. Good luck to you this weekend. Right back to right back to you, my friend. Listen, good talking to you guys. Have a good have a good weekend, and uh, God bless. I'll talk to you next week. All right. You too. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's tough when you talk best pile driver in the business, and then at the very end he mentions, you know, the tombstone move. Well, the tombstone's a pile driver. So does the Undertaker have the best pile driver in the business? Or do you classify that as a separate from the actual pile drive move, Tommy? I, I mean, the, the setup, even the setup for it is is different than a regular pile driver, where you're lifting the guy up instead of dropping him down. So I, 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 I wouldn't classify that as a pile driver. I would a, a, a tombstone pile driver is what they call it, and I, I think it's separate. But yeah, I mean, if it was a regular pile driver, we go with Undertaker because he's one of the most iconic figures in the history of wrestling, top five, I'm sure. But as far as uh, most devastating pile driver, man, I got to go with Orndorff. Orndorff did the best one. I think Jake the Snake Roberts did the best man. DDT. What would you, I think Macho would, you classify, the best elbow. would you classify the Brain Busters spike pile driver? Is that a separate category, too? That's a take team finisher? Because that's devastating. Yeah, that, I would say that's a tag team finisher, but that was devastating as well. And, and, and someone brought up Demolition earlier, and that was one of my favorite. Yes. Finishing moves, and one that wasn't brought up that definitely should be. What I mean, there's a ton that we didn't mention, but the Road Warriors Doomsday Device. That we touched on it briefly. We touched on it briefly. Yeah, no, no, I know, but I, I know we did. But it could it could have got a little bit more, could have been a little bit more played because it was 
and, and probably the most iconic tag team of all time. And, and, and another quick plug, we are actually going to be uh, presenting the Road Warriors with the 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award at the 2024 80s Wrestling Con wow. at the Menon Sports Arena. And Animal's wife, uh, Kim, is actually going to be oh, no Kim nice, is actually coming up for it. Yep. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, and they're, they're, the Doomsday Device, it's such a devastating move. And there are some, I mean, there are guys that flat out refuse to take it. Um, but there are some guys that really would sell it and do like the full backflip off the shoulder. Some guys would just try to do a straight back bump. And so, yeah, that's definitely one that, and there's really no soft landing on that. Like you're really, that move's really happening to you. Um, and so it's up to you how, how much you want to sell it and how much you just let it happen. Sure. Now yeah. you said you're going to get back to me and ask me for my pick as far as if I pick power move, uh, yes. submission, or yes. a high flying. I, again, I, I think it's subjective to the type of match that we're watching. So say it's, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in a, a one-hour Ironman match, you know, probably a submission move or uh, a high-flying move. Uh, it depends. Like, their, their, their style wasn't a power. Like, you wouldn't classify uh, the super kick as a power move, I don't think. However, it's one of the biggest and, 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 and most famous moves ever. So I think it's subjective also to the type of wrestler because if you're Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan's not doing a submission, really. And Hulk Hogan's definitely not doing a flying move. So I, I think it's based on who the performer is and what the circumstances behind the match. But a gun to my head, what I'd like to see most out of those three, I would definitely go with the, 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 the power move. Add another tally under power. So from our, from our conversation this morning, power is definitely coming out ahead. As, as it seems to be the apparent fan favorite uh, from a viewership standpoint, as that's the exclamation point at the end of a match. Uh, and we like to see the power moves get done, but so many great finishers in uh, the eighties, nineties, even today, finishers are still a big part of pro wrestling and help tell that story. And so, yeah, there are just something, something exciting about a finish, seeing a finishing move when it's in a match, who's doing it. Uh, and it's always fun to see how pro wrestlers kind of form a finisher to their identity. They give it a cool name, and it just becomes part of the character and the presentation. Uh, and so it's definitely one of those cornerstones, a staple of a pro wrestler's arsenal. And so it's fun to reminisce and talk about our favorites. Uh, and so a great conversation today, Tommy. Great conversation. Yes, sir, man. And I'm looking forward to hopefully, hopefully talking to you next week here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Again, my co-host position for next Thursday's show is on the line. If, uh, yeah. It's on the line. If the Jets defeat the Giants this weekend, I'll once again be forced off my own show. Uh, but hopefully the Giants can uh, can show up and pull through. I, I, listen, the Jets are definitely a beatable team. So I, I'm going into this game a little bit more confident than I would be if say it was against the Cowboys or, or the Minnesota Vikings. You know what I mean? That's right. Well said. As uh babyface Brian knows, the Vikings can pull one out when they need to. And then, man, if the Jets do win, man, I got to clear my calendar because I got, I got a feeling it's going to be a three, four hour episode. It'll be a marathon next Thursday. <laughs> if firefighter Brian slides into that co-host chair. Hey, remember, remember when you were a kid and, and during Labor Day weekend, they would have the Jerry Lewis telethon. It would be it would be on overnight until the next morning. So maybe we could do something like that where you guys could be by the phone lines and I can actually chime in. I can get the Stromboli sisters, I can get uh, Danny from Butler. We can all we can all sit together in a room with telephones uh, in front of us and we can, maybe we could do uh maybe we could do a, a, a donation for Eva's village. Uh, and and listen, people can listen, call man, in and, and, You're promoting mine never shuts off. I like this. <laughs> Never does, man. But hey, listen, uh, the, the the door is uh, is is piling up with people here at the Wrestling Collector. I'm gonna have to open the doors now. I see a I see a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt outside. I'm gonna ask him if uh, the greatest finisher ever was a Stone Cold Stunner. Hopefully, I'll talk you with guys one. next. Yeah, hopefully I'll talk to you guys next week. You got to open up right now. Someone is outside waiting. And All right, we will talk to you next week right right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.